0: this pop-up podcast from The Devil in the Detail I'm Rob Harkson and I'm here talking all things at Salford Red Devils I went to the stadium meeting update on Tuesday at the AJ Bell Stadium I managed to speak to directors Paul King and Paul Trainer about the situation regarding the stadium and what the club are doing in the community and uh, this is what I have to say So I'm joined by uh, Paul Trainer, uh, one of Salford Red Devils uh, directors um being at the stadium update tonight went well
1: yeah very well Rob very well Re- really well attended lots of good questions uh, questions posed in advance and, and and a really upbeat presentation celebrating what we're doing as well um, and an open discussion about the stadium situation yeah how obviously
0: your sorry, department is regarding the, the schools how's the engagement going with that
1: yeah it's been fantastic we've we launched the building the future strategy in April uh, we've currently got over 80 partner schools um, who we're working with and we're engaging with through the club and the foundation. Um, a lot of those schools are in areas that you know are outside of Salford. So we you know we've got a number of schools in Bury, in Bolton, in Trafford, looking at some schools in Cheshire currently and it's really pleasing to see that a lot of those schools are new to rugby league so one of our aims is to increase participation in rugby league as well as promote the club so it's it, yeah it's going fantastically well um, and we're really pleased with with it's continuing to develop as well we're getting schools pretty much on a weekly basis contacting us obviously statistically how how well are we doing in that area um, I, th- I think we're doing really we're certainly ahead of where we thought we'd be at this stage and um, to have almost 80 pa- almost 90 partner of schools now you know as 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 and actively engage with us and the things that go with that is is really encouraging um, the challenge is now is about sustaining those relationships and making sure we're adding value to those schools is the target set um, yeah, we're looking to, we want to increase participation across our schools by five percent each year over a five-year period. So that's a significant impact. Um, and you know, if we can keep attracting these schools and keep putting the programs in place, um, you know, we, we're going to achieve that and more. Um, but having said that, you know, we're not, we're not kind of settling just for five percent. We want to keep, uh, keep increasing that growth.
0: Yeah, obviously we're not playing at the moment. It's our off season. Does that,
1: is it more difficult to attract schools in that time? Um, no, 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 because what we're offering is more than just rugby, you know, obviously rugby's at the core of it, and getting kids playing rugby league in school, but it's also, um, you know, about the engagement in developing men- positive mental health, about developing aspiration, um, about getting our players into schools, um, I, saw, I went to see Chris Atkins speaking at a school in Bolton, a school that, you know, where the kids weren't aware of rugby league, but by the end of it you know they, they were asking all sorts of questions were really engaged with chris and actually about 50 of them sent letters into the stadium for chris to, to say how much of an impact he'd had on them being in there for a, for a morning so it's it's wider than just rugby so it's great to get into the games like we saw against st ellens the last game of the season um, but it's also more than more than just the rugby. You know, we want to we want to make a difference to schools in, in more aspects than just rugby league.
0: Yeah, obviously talking about the set Ellen's game, uh, can you break down the stats for that? You know how well it was attended? Yeah,
1: we had over 1,300 requests for tickets. Um, we we think somewhere around about just over a thousand attended that. Um, but that was broken down from schools across Greater Manchester, Cheshire, um, the foundation partner community clubs were there, we also had some community clubs in different sports, so we had rugby union clubs and football clubs attending, um, so it, it was really positive and, and the context of it, you know, there wasn't a lot of turnaround because we only got the okay to do it quite late, um, so to have that number of, of, of people taking up tickets, on um, arranged school and community club trips, and that short space of time to organise it was brilliant. Um, and you know, our aim for next year is we're going to fill that East Stand on a building the future day.
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, kids go to the school, it kind of becomes a school event. Um, how do you plan to, to
1: turn that into the kids bringing the families? Yeah, that's, that's obviously the biggest thing. We don't want to just be giving tickets away and yeah. then you get no benefit from it. So, again, it's about that bigger piece of work, about engaging in the follow-up. So, for example, one of the schools um, who came to the, the St. Helens game, their teacher was on the pitch at half-time in the crossbar competition. Um, because he won that competition, we went and delivered a kit for that school to play in, a Salford-branded kit. Um, so, again, every time those kids are playing, they're going to be playing in our away kit from mm. last year. You know, and that's how we start to build it. We start to make the badge more prominent around schools, um, and then we'll, we'll then start to look at offers to bring families and, then, and create an experience. And, and George has spoken today about creating fan experience. We want families to come and come just more for more than just the game. Um, and you know, that that St Ellen's game, we had all sorts going on in the in the East Stand. Uh, face painting. We had a, a passing challenge. We had entertainment going on. And it's about creating an experience that people want to come back to so the kids get the first taste, but then they're going home and saying, I want to go back there again. Is that part of the
0: challenge, creating the logistics between the schools sort of running it and then sort of blending it into the, the families?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and also it's about that, uh, that communication as well. So, you know, once... Once the, the kids have been on a school trip, and it has to be a school organised trip, we don't just give tickets out willy-nilly for those events. Um, but then it's about the follow-up, so how can we get the kids talking about Salford Red Devils? We've already got some plans next year where um, we're going give, to give the kids something when they come to these games, so they've got a, a kind of keepsake reminding them of the club. Um, offers for, to come as families for, for future games so there's, there's already that kind of travel of just being more than just getting kids in for a, a, a game but then kind of creating that relationship with us and managing that relationship.
0: Obviously we're here at the AJ Bell Stadium getting an update on the possible move to more Lane will that make your job easier
1: or harder to to get the the kids in? Um, i don't think it alters it really i think i think what it does there is it kind of opens up a new area um if if that's the direction of travel what we have is you know we've got schools across greater manchester but perhaps being in a different area might open up some different schools um however you know in terms of engaging with schools you know we're traveling far and wide currently mm. so where we're based isn't an issue um and, and what we look to keep doing is pushing it we want 100 schools that's our next target um and making sure that those schools are across the full you know the full remit of greater manchester really
0: yeah talking about going far and wide i'll link up with wales ipswich jets and the Ghana link up as well Um obviously you know reaching far and wide but also getting involved in your local schools too
1: yeah definitely that's that's really important you know whilst announcing these three partnerships which are absolutely outstanding and and, you know kind of set us apart from the rest of clubs in Super League um, we don't want to be neglecting what we're doing on our doorstep Mm. because it's still our aim to get Salford born kids into our first team kids from Greater Manchester and so on but those three partnerships have been a real addition to what we're doing Uh, the Wales partnership is probably the furthest ahead because it's been in, in place the longest uh, we've already got players in our talent system, we've, we've got the three lads who came through, uh, who were announced at the back end of last season, who were based at uh, the University in Central Lancashire, who are going to be in our reserve setup. We had a, a Reds development day on Sunday for 14 to 17 year olds, we had 20 Welsh kids travelling up from Wales for that. Um, so it's it, that is a, a really flourishing partnership. Um, in terms of Ipswich Jets, that's a different focus. You know, that will be a development opportunity for some of our young players to go across there in the future. Um, and is just a really exciting opportunity, thirty million people, um, already an established infrastructure of, of rugby league there, but just very really raw and we can add something to that. Um, by inviting the coaches over to come and watch our coaches coach go out in the community program um and you know the thought of of everything rugby league in ghana being co-branded with salford red devils is something that's you know we, we're really proud of and really excited to see what happens funny fact uh,
0: the Devil indeed will have 45 listeners in ghana every week is that correct funny fact i'm not, I'm not a big believer in conspiracy theories but we've got a five, or five people in ghana listening and then suddenly you announce a link up you know the the lines can be drawn (laughs) Uh, other news um, player development obviously you talked about the schools and and getting the cream of the talent to go through uh, our pathways must be
1: exciting that yeah and and that's a key driver of what we're trying to do you know we want from a a financial point of view but also we want people to come through our system you know from 12 13 years old to be playing in our first team and knowing what it means to be a Salford Red Devils player Um, and we're very big on uh, we've talked about tonight and and was released yesterday this pathway staff team Mm. Um, but the, the, the overarching aim of that is to develop this Salford Red Devils DNA so kids are coming in at 12 and, and are just being treated like young, young elite players and the expectations are there. So as they're coming through, they know what it means to be a Salford player. Um, and that as a project is, is immense um, and as the full support, the board of the, of the rugby department. But actually what we're doing here is, is create some aspiration for young people to aim to, to come and watch us play and then to aim to be on that field one day, which is great. Yeah, we didn't get our
0: elite academy um, sort of mark-up mm. for, for this year, which is unfortunate. Mm. But uh, we're putting in the processes now for next time it comes round. We should be in prime position, hopefully, to get one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Our, our bid last time was was superb. Um, you know, we were really proud of it. And, and perhaps some of the things that counted against us were things actually that we couldn't control because we had to evidence players produced through academy. That was one of the aspects. Now, obviously, because we didn't have one, that's a hard thing to evidence. However, um, Going back a little bit further, when you've got players coming through like Ratchford, like Mark Snead, who's come back yeah. and came through our system, Niall. Um, what we're looking to do now is to manage that situation. So the next time we apply, you know, we've got a really strong setup and when you look at the the reds uh, program that we've just launched the the reds elite development squad um you know th- that project is is probably comparable if not better than most if not all in super league and um, the stuff we're doing and we did on sunday with those 40 kids was was, was amazing um, and that's a full you know they're not just coming in for four days the, the, they're part of our, our our environment so we're supporting we're working with parents They've done work in the gym. That's going to be supplemented with sessions to do away from the club. They're going to get nutritional support, um, and we're going to monitor them when they start playing community club games. So it's it's really exciting, but it's just that driver of getting our pathway players on the field in first team games.
0: But the education side is equally as important.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and that goes right up to first team. You know, we've got some of our first teamers doing degrees at Salford University, and um, the, the the three Welsh lads have come up to do a sports scholarship at UCLAN. We're really strong partnership with Salford Uni, um, but what we're also about is, is, you know, if somebody wants to do an apprenticeship. If somebody wants to to study A-levels and be part of the Development Academy, there are those bespoke pathways because it's not a one-size-fits-all. And what we've got to educate, um, and and again, looking at the Reds programme, Marlon Billy, the welfare officer for the club, did a session with those young players on Sunday talking about backup plans, talking about education, using examples of first team as role models. Um, And, you know, the message is very clear, you know, if rugby doesn't work out, you need a backup plan and this is what we can support you with um, and developing good people as well as good players.
0: Yeah, we are a community club. Uh, we are going to have a disability team. Uh, we've got women's team as well in, in, the, in the pipeline as well, which is great. It kind of shows you know what it's all about being a community club and hopefully so we can drive that forward.
1: Yeah, we've got we've got great people involved at the foundation at the club driving these things forwards, uh, and are really ambitious for what that looks like. I know the, the the women's trials recently were so well attended; they've had to have follow-up sessions, and and, and are, by all accounts going to have a really competitive squad next year. But it's again, it's just developing that 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 profile of the club in the community, giving everybody you know who's got an engagement or an involvement something to aim for, something to aspire to. And the development academy is going to produce players for our women's rugby team. As well, so it's yeah, it's, it's about the, the the big challenge is about joining all these things together, um, and I think we're we're so far down the line with that from where we've been previously. You know, it, it's it's just a, such an exciting time.
0: I suppose. Do you have a timeline for the for the women's team and the disability team where they will be, or is that?
1: Um, I think it's just getting them started, now yeah. and just getting getting an environment where you know there's there's good coaching going on, there's great setups. You know, we've got a good setup in, in both of those environments with the staff involved. Um, and it's just about getting them going and and then and making them part of our club you know as as we're showing at the presentation tonight you know those things are on our pathway program and are integral to what we do it's not kind of a bolt-on or just a tick box exercise it's about making them part of the soul for devils club
0: yeah obviously the rfl have come out and said there's a program to try and get more ethnic minorities involved in in rugby league um you know what what's our
1: sort of plan with that yeah, it goes hand in hand with our school and community club work. Um, so obviously, a lot of the schools in the non-rugby league areas, um, and we're working with the RFL on this because the RFL are working really hard in the, in, in the area, central area of Manchester, where there's, there's high numbers of ethnic minority communities. Um, and, and, and how they can promote the game there and create role models. But in terms of our discussions with them, it's about then, you know, if these talented young players in that environment, where next? And, you know, we're right on the doorstep. Um, so we're going to be supplementing that work in those schools and in those communities. Um, Paul mentioned tonight about, you know, what we're going to do in communities within Salford, um, where, where these ethnic mi- minority uh, communities. Um, and again, it's that thing of looking to try and broaden the profile of the club create engagement you know we just can't put posters out and expect people to come we've got to make it an attractive proposition and engage people with it and that for us that starts in the schools and community clubs um, and developing that love for rugby league love for the club getting them into the atmosphere here um, getting them to enjoy the experience and then keep coming back
0: getting your crystal ball out five years time
1: where are we um, for, for personally you know we've got players who've come through our pathway system here in the first team um We've got a very consistent supply chain of players coming through. You know, you look at some of the clubs in Super League, you look at Leeds and St. Helens, and they all seem to have somebody knocking on the door ready to come in. That's what we want. So, we, you know, it's, it's no secret that you know we've got a finite amount of financial resources. The way to manage that and still be successful is to create your own, and that's our drive. Um, we're really, you know, I think one thing that, that Rolls talked about in his press conference on Friday was this mindset of us as a club. You know Mark need coming back isn't a marquee sign he's just the kind of player we should be expecting to sign mm. and we've got huge plans for our pathway and um, the Reds program being the start of it and the team that we announced yesterday you know you've got people like Stu, Stu Wilkinson who's been the coach of the Wales senior team mm. he's coached Great Britain Academy he's one of the highest qualified coaches in Europe uh, you've got John Fieldhouse the ex-Great Britain prop who's, who's so well known professionally and in the community club game Has coached Great Britain uh, community club level, Chris Irwin, who is you know very well known locally in terms of player development, ex-professional player. The list could go on, and it's about showing to people that actually we mean business. We're not doing things by coincidence. What we're looking to do is create an environment where people will be successful if they're part of it. Brilliant, Um, and that's what drives us.
0: Brilliant. Big thanks for joining us on the show today, and uh, wish you all luck in the future.
1: Thanks very much, Rob. Thank you for the invite.
0: so we're joined by Salford director Paul King. Uh, we've been at the stadium update today at the AJ Bell. Um, do you think it went well? Hi
2: Rob. Uh, yeah, I think it went okay. I think it went uh, as, as well as it could have been expected. Um, you know, George did a, a, a really good commercial update. PT came on then and, and, and talked about the community yeah. and schools. Uh, I suppose the challenge was then keeping the stadium update interesting on the back of those to be fair but um, but yeah, I mean, okay. I, we're looking for a clear mandate on direction of travel from the supporters and I guess that'll come out nearer Christmas
0: Yeah, obviously more confident now than you were in the last uh, meeting that a deal couldn't be done
2: 100% yeah a lot of conversations have taken place from there uh, until now let's not let's not be coy about it There's, we've got a lot of challenges to overcome Um Financially, there's the, it's no small amount of investment required, uh, and everybody around the table has got to kind of work together to make sure that we're in, we're in all parties are in the right space. And to be fair, uh, I've said it earlier on, it, it is a coalition of the willing. Um, everybody's working together to try and get the right answer for, for the future of the Devils, which is really good to see.
0: Yeah, obviously, you've said we're here definitely for, for 2022. Um, 2023, if it's all set up, would you go straight there? 100% I would, yeah. In a heartbeat, mate. It's, it's about
2: it's about control and um, and having that level of self determination. And we will never have that here. For me, we'll never have that here. Hmm. Uh, un- unless someone's going to win the Euro on Friday and and, and, and gift it to us, <laughs> then, then that's not going to happen. So, Moor Lane gives us control.
0: Yeah, obviously there's a few amendments needed to move to more Lane. So, um, can you sort of talk us through that. Um, yeah, in terms of the, the fixtures and fittings type stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah this is about um, the, the, the RFL um, requirements and, and our broadcast partners' requirements, um, both of which could scupper it. So, so, in terms of pitch size, it fits. Um, floodlights need, uh, we need better floodlights because the, the, I think it's called the Lux value or something like they call it. But anyway, the, the, the standard for the RFL is higher than the standard for, it, the, for the EFL. So, we'd have to do something about that. That's not cheap. Uh, we need to put a new roof on the Moor Lane side to host the gantry for Sky, uh, for, for a Sky broadcast perspective. See, at, at Moor Lane, they can do it with a cherry picker mm. because, because at the, currently, because Salford City might be on, on Sky or BC or whatever, but Sky these days, isn't it? Now they're in the, the Championship, um, Championship 2. So they can do it with a cherry picker because it's a one off, you know, they might be on once a season or something like that. We have a live pack, we have, we have a highlights package every week. So every time we play at home, we have to have sky facility in the stadium so, so obviously they're not going to put a permanent cherry picker there for us. no so we need to do something of a more permanent nature so we need to change the roof uh, and, and i get i've got a conversation tomorrow with the guys so it's, it's along the lines of while well, we're changing the roof can we
0: hmm.
2: can we extend this out can we do that can we do that can we get to where we want to be in terms of the attendance because we don't want a five thousand attendance we, we need we need it to be higher than that so is it
0: logistics or is it cost that's that's oh. making you worry a bit
2: Uh, both uh, uh, as long as we have a clear plan of of, of step changing how we get there you don't have to do it on day one Hmm. some of it does need to be done for day one to be fair Hmm. Um, but you can phase it in over a period of time so you don't need to walk into an 8000 stadium with magnificent facilities and all that kind of stuff on day one as long as you have a plan to get there that, that, that ticks the boxes But some of it would have to be there on day one but we'd have time 2022 we're here so we've got plenty of time to work on it
0: have we done any engagement in the local community around Moor Lane to see you know what, what we would need to do to be good uh, residents if that not, makes not, sense.
2: not at this stage if I'm being honest because we, we um, this, this is going to sound horrible but, but I don't want to do that and then find out that we can't make it happen because mm. then I've just wasted everyone's time everybody's time not just mine but everybody's mm. yeah, so, so as soon as we go green on this then we we'll, we'll, we'll um, and that depends on, on the fan base giving us the mandate to do it really as much as anything. That clear direction of travel, but if we get a green on it, then, then yeah, we'll engage straight away.
0: Yeah, obviously people talk about transport issues and parking issues. Mm. Um, has that been sort of addressed in your planning?
2: Yeah, yeah it, it's very, very significant, high agenda items with the local authority. We're looking at, we've got definite um, directions of travel in terms of um, park and rides. We we would like to try and identify a parking facility close to the ground. Um, We've got half an idea on that, but I can't put too much more into that Mm. um, because it might not come off and then uh, look a bit silly. But we're we're hoping to do something with that. Um, Yeah. So so and and travel-wise, look, there's a conversation to be had with uh, Transport for Greater Manchester, the local authority. It, It could be that we. For Friday night kickoffs instead of Sundays because there's more public transport that kind of thing. So we've got to look at all that, and study all the information.
0: Yeah, obviously moving to more lane would benefit the club financially.
2: Yeah, commercially, it would yeah. We we'd have control. We'd have, um, for instance, naming rights, FMB, all all those commercial opportunities would be there for us that we don't have here. People surely by now realise the thing, but here we get ticketing and and we're a tenant. We're a tenant, mm. so so at, at Moor Lane, we wouldn't be a tenant as such. We, you know, we could sign a lease for anything from 21 to 100 years. I, I'm opting for the 100 year end if we go that way, yeah, because it just gives us something, it becomes an asset at that stage. And at that stage, you can kind of do things with an asset. 21 years is probably not enough time
0: to do, yeah, take advantage of it. You, you talked about uh, sort <laughs> of allowing the season ticket holders to have a, have a view on it. Uh, can you talk us through that?
2: Yeah, yeah it, it, it's um, we, we put the options there tonight, so so option one is, is the AJ belt and we, we plant our flag here and live and die here. Um, option two would be more Lane and option three would be out of the city. And I gave some ex- loose leaf examples of that such as Gig Lane, mm. Middlebrook, Etihad Complex though not the Etihad Stadium clearly, uh, that kind of thing. So th- those are all conversations or, or introductions that we've had. Um, but I'll reiterate what I said on the stage. Um, if that were the case then I would, I'm a, I'm a temporary guardian, so I would facilitate it, if that's what the club had to do, I would facilitate what they've gone, I'm a, I'm a Salfordian, I want to be in Salford, we're called Salford Red Devils for a reason, uh, I I'm not interested in a name change, <coughs> regardless of where it is, it's, we are what we are, so I, I'm an out and out Salfordian, so for me, it's more lane, if I'm being honest. Yeah well, That's, a, that's survival Rob that's
0: Yeah survival. That, that's what it's all about. I suppose You're talking <coughs> about survival And, and, and growing as a, as a club And sort of More lane Helps that process <coughs> Yeah and if anybody's not well, We're, we're going to put this On RDTV So that people can watch it You don't know Watch my bit It's rubbish
2: quite <laughs> But, but the, the opening two bits By George and PT Watch them specifically This is a club on the up hmm. Commercially we're, we're, we're reaching places That we've not reached before Commercial revenues Are going better And more Lane could only increase that because mm. there's much, many more assets to sell at More Lane than there is here. We don't own the assets here, we would mm. at More Lane. Um, the, the pathway, and the community stuff that PT leads up from a board perspective, phenomenal things happening with that. It's, there's so many positives around the club. There really is. It's, it, it's, it's got a real good vibe to it now. Um, we just need that self determination and that control, and we can move to the next level.
0: Yeah, obviously, unfortunately, More Lane, there's no trading facilities. Nope. Um, obviously what are the options for for that for, uh, us well, for we're you know, looking at lots know. of
2: different options so so look the salford community leisure we could have a conversation with them i hope um, we could even look out of the city so that as long as we play in the city i'm, I'm not as fixed on, on headquarters and, and for, for me we i would quite like headquarters um training pitches and some classrooms all under the same all on the same acreage because mm. that way you can you can have your educational academy, uh, and, and we're big on the educational side and we'll be moving forward to um, you have the office space, bring the foundation the club back under the same roof and then you can have your reserve grade, your academy and your women's teams and your first grade all training at the same facility and, and, you know, and we'll have the, the first grade playing at more Lane with, with curtain raisers by other the Salford Red Devils teams
0: Which is exciting because obviously we talked about the women's team they've, they've talked about the disability team it's a real community feel now 100% it's a community club um, yeah we're, we're a community club, club. Yeah, we,
2: we keep saying it. It, it, it there's no denying it we will do we are looking at it now Andy Rose's board lead on that we're looking at community share option that we're, we're hoping to run with in 2022 um, we'll need to reach beyond Salford we will reach to Australia we will reach stateside to so people who want a stake in, in a, uh, uh, one of only 12 elite clubs in the northern hemisphere uh, and, and it's about pushing that forward and, and giving uh, ultimately that would give supporters representation on the board. Now, I appreciate that on the board at the moment, there is myself, there is Paul Train, there is Andy Rosler, there, there is Joe Hawkins, and we're all diamond in the solid Red Devil supporters since birth, I believe. Um, but if you go through that process, you're looking to identify other people to come in on it, and I'm from this current board. You need someone else to come in to represent the supporters on the board at that mm. stage. We're still fleshing it out. We've got experts that, that are looking at that for us. Um, we wanted to do it for a while but we couldn't because we're indebted uh, we, we've cleared that bad boy out so, so now we can push ahead with it in 2022 and that that makes us a genuine community club with mm. the community having a stake in the club so you know you would like to think that'll give us the ability to again push on push to the next level we want to compete I want to go back to Wembley and I want to win we want to compete we want to we want to on and off the field and I, I feel as though we, we're getting it right we uh, I've said it to you before Rob so, we're so close I can smell it mate mm. so close I can smell it we just need to we've got challenges with Moor Lane let's, let's not kid ourselves I'm, I'm looking for a mandate from the, the fan base that says yeah we're happy with that as opposed to having a thousand people moan at me and slag me off for doing it nobody wants that um, the, the, the outcome on, on, on the back of that is that we'd end up staying here but we could only stay here for two years tops
0: How is season ticket sales going at the moment? Slow mate Long. and do you think think what's the reason behind that? Do you feel I think there's a couple of things? One is, one is,
2: well, the ones that I've been told are they didn't know who their coach was. Pop done that one, um, we announced him, uh, they weren't sure what stadium we were going to play at. We're playing here 2022, yeah. so that's that excuse moved. Um, I think the other one is coming out of the pandemic, people are a bit worried uh, that they might not see the games and all that kind of stuff. Um, you will, I, I think uh, lockdown's done, lockdown's done, and I, I guarantee you now, if you don't see the games, I, in black and white front. if you don't see the games that for whatever reason because of, of covid in particular if you don't see the games because of covid then, then on a game by game basis i'll just refund people but don't not buy a season ticket because of it because mm. because the season ticket money is what keeps us alive over christmas yeah if we if we don't do something about our numbers and it's talking more than any fantasy anyway we'll, we'll, we'll be dead before then you know we, we're not quite that bad yet but it is slow it is slow we, you've got to go through the cycles as well Rob so you've got to get to payday so you've got to wait for people's payday cycle to arrive mm. and now that people have got confirmation on, on roles and they've got confirmation that we're playing here in 2022 then hopefully they're going to start that whole process of buying um, buying season tickets as Christmas presents for their beloveds and all that kind of stuff so that's what normally happens
0: yeah after Christmas it dies a death right and, and you think that's the pro- the process now after, you've, after today you've updated the situation that people will run out and buy the tickets now. That's what we're hoping for.
2: Genuinely hope that people get on board with it, that they'll want to be part of a a growing club uh, that's developing on and off the park and be part of something a bit special that's going to build over the next two, three years.
0: Brilliant. Big thanks for joining us on the the Sulphur City Radio. Always a pleasure, Rob, anytime, mate.